Welcome to the What Matters Most podcast, presented by First United Bank and Trust. That's my bank. Visit us today at mybank.com. Hello and welcome to What Matters Most, the podcast all about finances, community, savings, and security for you, your family, and your business. This podcast is brought to you by the helpful folks at my bank, First United Bank and Trust. I'm your host, Eric Nutter, and in today's episode, What Matters Most is our monthly economic update. And for this discussion, I am thankful to be joined remotely again today by Megan Kinsinger, Portfolio Manager in Wealth Management at First United. Good morning, Megan. How are you? Great, Eric. How are you doing? I'm doing well. We just came off of our uh, holiday, and and uh, we get we get Veterans Day off, and we um, we got to you know uh, recognize uh, the veterans um, that that work at the bank and and those in our community, and so that was a a nice a nice break from our day to day norms. But we're back to it, and uh, we've got our our monthly economic update. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was it was a nice day to take. Take a little break halfway through the week. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and, and I noticed something unique about this economic market review that was been that's unlike any that we've had since we started uh, since I took over the podcast. <laughs> and that yeah, is I think yeah. <laughs> that is the, the 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 first whole page. There's a whole page of positives. That you're going to talk. I figured to that about. would stick out to you. Yeah, yeah I figured that's nice. you noticed that. It's exciting. It's exciting. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a nice change. Well, why don't you why don't you tell us about the positives in the market? Yeah, so certainly. So as you as you noted, um, our team does currently view that the positives outweigh the negatives. Really, for the first time um, since early March. Um, so so we'll start with um, what we usually do, talking about about the jobs reports and then the Institute for Supply Management's um, Manufacturing and Services uh, reports. So, so let's start with jobs. Um, we, we did create 638,000 new jobs in October, and um, which, which caused the employment rate to fall again to 6.9%, which is the lowest level we've seen since the pandemic uh, started back in mid-March. Um, approximately 55% of the 22 million jobs that we that we lost earlier this year have been recovered, and and really what this points to is that the it suggests that the economic recovery is growing deeper roots, and hiring in October was the notably the strongest among white collar companies in tech and other professional fields, which added 208,000 jobs within their industry, and we we do continue though to see some weakness within uh, the hospitality travel industry, so hotels, restaurants, and they've only, they've only brought back just about half of their, their jobs that were lost, so about half of 8.3 million jobs. Um, and so dis- despite an October surprise of sorts, hiring has slowed and, and is likely to taper further next over, over the next few months, um, which we've anticipated, you know, as the weather cools, um, people are hunkering down again, and we see um, a an, an second wave of cases emerge. Um, so, so what's worrisome is the high number of jobs that still haven't been recovered, and um, you know that the end of the massive, massive federal aid in, in July, and um, again, like I noted, the record wave of coronaviruses that we've seen. So this could add up to make it all a little more difficult for the eco- the economy to grow and let companies harmed most by the pandemic get back to business. Um, but 
But we do view that Washington is likely to um, approve another financial aid package within the next month or two, and that will help. Um, also, with the the um, prospect of, of a coronavirus vaccine, which I'm sure you saw that Pfizer yeah. came out with with the vaccine that um, has has an effective ninety percent effective uh, rate. So, so some positive news coming out. So again, nothing that we um, had anticipated. We we figured that there would be a second wave of of cases. Um, also, with the like I said before, the weather cooling down and people really having to to hunker indoors again. Um, but but we do continue to see um, some strong but slower economic recovery going forward. Um, some more positive news that's that's emerged that we continue to follow every month is the the Institute for Supply Management, Manufacturing, and Services Indices. So as I've noted in previous um, podcasts, you look for any number that's above 50% uh, in this report that indicates growth. And and keep in mind, too, that manufacturing um makes up about 30% and service, the service industry makes about up about 70% of our economy. So, so looking at the manufacturing index first, it did climb to a two year high of 59.3%. And really um, that, that goes back. Managers commented that this, this uh, really centered around strong demand in business nearing pre-COVID levels, um, but they do caution with capital spending due to continued uncertainty. Um, so so this was the fastest pace of growth that we've seen since the onset of the virus and um, added more workers, which again is um, pointing to a strengthening rebound in, in a, really a key segment of the economy. And this bodes well for, for the broader U.S. economy um, Exports are still a little soft. Customers are still a little cautious. Um, and, and again, really that increase in coronavirus uh, that we saw here recently does pose a fresh threat. But, but overall, positive numbers um, coming out of the manufacturing index, um, moving over to the service index, which does make up the largest part. Um, it, it fell slightly. Um, it, it was thrown off kilter in October by, again, that record increase in coronavirus cases, um, but still well within growth territory. So it came in at 56.6%, so well above the 50% threshold that we're looking for. Um, so it, 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 most companies expanded, so 16 out of the 18 industries expanded for the fifth month in a row and remain optim- optimistic about the, about the fourth quarter. Um, so when I say service, these are fields such as technology, finance, retail, healthcare, and they really employ um, the vast majority of Americans. And right. and they've been well with on the mend here since since summer began. Right. All right. So those are our two biggest positives that we take in. Um, I'd also like to touch on on GDP um, because they recently came out with the advanced report on the on the third quarter for 2020. And so GDP is really a checkup of sorts on our economy, and it takes into measure everything that contributes to our growth. Um, it, did, it, in, it did indicate a growth of 33.1%, which really represents a remarkable rebound 
from the decline um, we saw in the second quarter of 31.4%. Um, if you recall, I think I think the last time you and I did this po- podcast, I got to got to go into detail about the negative 31.4%. So now I get to go into detail about the, the positive 33.1%. Um, so what the third quarter showed was a rebound, record rebound in consumer spending and really revival in the business investment, which are two key pillars of our economy. And it, this this was a widely expected snap snapback in GDP and was given an, a, a large assist by the trillions of dollars in government aid to families and the unemployed and businesses that were um, really harmed by the by the virus. And and um, so so again, I hate to go back to the coronavirus, but um, we could see slower growth or another re, re, um, of GDP um, because of, of the relapse if states reimpose commercial restrictions and um, customers shun retailers, restaurants, and other businesses that really rely on large crowds to prosper. Um, so we could see um, slower growth with with GDP going going forward into these cooler months. <clears throat> right. Yeah. And a lot of uh, a lot of the states have already started talking about some of that because of yeah. the, the explosion of, of new cases over the last couple of days. Yeah, absolutely. And I hate to keep bringing it up, but it's so relevant and it really in, has impacted, um, you know, our economy all around. Right. Um, so so but again, we do anticipate growth, just slower growth than what we what than what we saw during the summer months. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and lastly, just to 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 round up positives, um, the FOMC, the federal committee last week, the Fed, and as anticipated, they made no adjustments to monetary policy. So they voted to maintain the current federal funds target rate um, at a range of zero to 0.25%, and um, also voted to continue its current pace of purchases of U.S. Treasuries and agency mortgage-backed securities at about $120 billion per month. And so little was changed from their September meeting. Um, again, we anticipated this, but it's always just reassuring to, to have that down on paper. Right. Um, so just so that more positive the, news. Into the economy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So. Wow. Um, All right. Well, yeah, so, how about the how about the negatives? What what's the yeah. is it is it just COVID related? <laughs> Not entirely, no, no. So we have a lot to celebrate this past month. Um, actually, the past few months, but but um, but we we do um, still have some negatives that we have to keep in mind. Um, again, at the top of everybody's mind is is the coronavirus, and its path really remains to be the most important driver of economic growth over the next year. Yeah. Um, we we continue to see cases rise and by some metrics to their highest levels observed thus far in, in the U.S. and Europe. And as you noted earlier, um, some lockdown me- measures have been re-implemented, um, Europe notably, and now we're beginning to see that again throughout the U.S., uh, more locally within within Maryland. Um, so it's although it's, it should be um, noted that it's not as stringent as what was 
in place earlier this year. Um, and however, broad-based lockdowns are unlikely to fully return and businesses and consumers continue to adapt to the, the virus challenges and um, fiscal support programs that I noted earlier with the Fed will help mitigate economic disruption as, as we saw earlier this year. Um, the, the U.S., as of yesterday, I, I checked numbers yesterday, um, the U.S. case tally uh, climbed above 10.3 million and hospitalizations did set a record in 17 states, um, which can, which was primarily in, in the Midwest. So again, that the virus really continues to be um, at the top of our minds uh, when looking at, at growth uh, over the next 12 months. Um, initial jobless claims, which is also a number that we, that we look at every, every month, um, did fall 7,000 to a seasonally adjusted 751,000, uh, the last week of October. And the number of people already collecting state provided benefits known as continuing claims dropped by 538,000. Um, so that's a new fresh pandemic low. However, at the same time, um, a rising number of people who have exhausted state benefits have shifted into a, the, into the federal program that offers extended compensation, and that climbed by 277,500 um, in mid-October, and the number of people receiving those benefits has tripled since August. Um, so that's a little concerning, um, and, and even after falling to the pandemic low, um, jobless benefit claims are still extremely high by historical standards and point to ongoing strains within the U.S. labor market that are likely to inhibit the economic recovery. Um, further gains in employment could be constrained by a record outbreak of coronaviruses, co coronavirus cases. Um, some sectors such as entertainment and hospitality have said they'll eliminate more jobs because businesses is unlikely to return to normal anytime soon. Um, referring back to, I, I brought it up earlier briefly um, about the anticipation of, of additional fiscal aid. Um, the, there are still questions surrounding that and the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has really given mixed messages about getting another aid package through once the Senate reconvenes and market vo market volatility could be elevated surrounding news on these discussions in the coming weeks. And then to, to round up the negatives, we'll continue with politics, um, which I'm sure everybody um, is, is tired of hearing about at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was a long week, I think, for yeah, we everyone. A, we had a, an election that's still going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And again, it was just notable because um, it did take so long, but that's because of a lot of mail-in ballots, right? That, that was pretty new, um, which was the result of the of the coronavirus and people's um, concern with with going into uh, crowded public areas. So, so that did drag on longer than I think all of us wanted it to. Um, and President Trump may continue to challenge the legality of votes in key battleground states, uh, though the litigation is unlikely to change the outcome. Uh, markets will continue to digest all the information that comes out. Um, on the litigation and, and 
um, the the Senate race, which, you know, Georgia has to runoff elections, I believe, um, as of right now, coming up in early January. So um, it's particularly the unlikely but still possible result that Democrats will, will win um, both Georgia seats granting them a majority. But but our view as of right now is that um, it will remain split um, and and will be good for markets and continue to drive markets up. So yeah. do we do we typically see like if <clears throat> if this gets resolved more quickly, if 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 we mm-hmm. settle the the election more quickly, does that increase does the market respond well to that or is it what I think that, I think that it will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that it will because it removes that uncertainty. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, you know, what we're seeing right now is any news that come comes out really um, creates volatility within the market, whether that's positive or negative. And we feel that once some of these questions get answered that have really been on the minds of investors for the majority of the year, yeah. along with the, the pandemic, um, <laughs> it's really created a lot of uncertainty. So... So it's hard to make decisions when there's so much hanging above you. So as, as we wrap this up and we see some, um, some results come out and some finalizations and, and can move forward. Um, I think that'll be a positive for, for the market, for the economy, we can move forward. And, um, like, like I said, um, really split house Senate, um, bodes well for the market historically. Whenever you look at, at the S&P returns, um, the markets like like it to be split. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, do you have any uh, conclusions, any final thoughts and summaries to, to where we're yeah. at right now? Sure. Yeah. So I can, I can kind of wrap up what we've went over today. Um, so economy is have been able to weather the pandemic storm, which again was really helped by government support and more recently by consumers and, and businesses adapting to the threat. These factors are, are helping to improve the economic downturn, um, supporting a return to growth, though in, in a lower growth channel than before. And as the recovery from, from COVID continues, investors will focus more on the economic outlook and company fundamentals instead of U.S. politics, given improving policy stability with likely split control of the U.S. government. However, uh, corporate America is very resilient and will adapt to whatever tax or regulatory policy environment is laid out, regardless of the election outcome. And and meanwhile, monetary policy will remain very accommodative um, in the background. Excellent. All right. Well, Megan, thank you so much, as always, for joining me and, and providing such helpful insights. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me, Eric. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if any of our listeners would have a question or maybe they want to learn more, what's the best way they can get the support they need? Yeah, uh, please go to www.mybank.com. Um, you can locate the closest closest wealth advisor to your area, um, shoot them an email or give them a call. Uh, we're happy to help uh, with, with any of your investment needs. Excellent. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. You can always find more episodes by visiting mybank.com slash podcast, or you can find us on your favorite podcast app. And we're on 
basically every podcast app there is. So you can find us on there, subscribe and and give us a five star review. That way other people can that helps other people find our podcast so that they can hear the helpful information like Megan provided today. You can also always leave feedback, ask questions or request a topic for us to discuss by sending an email to podcast at mybank.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with more helpful content. But until then, we wish you the best in focusing on what matters most to you. First United, my bank for life. This document is a general communication being provided for informational purposes only. It is educational in nature and not designed to be taken as advice or a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, feature, or other purpose in any jurisdiction, nor is it a commitment from First United Bank and Trust or any of its subsidiaries to participate in any of the transactions mentioned herein. Any examples are generic, hypothetical, and for illustration purposes only. This material does not contain sufficient information to support an investment decision and should not be relied upon in evaluating the merits of investing in any securities or products. In addition, users should make independent assessment of the legal, regulatory, credit, and accounting implications and determine together with their own professional advisors if any investment mentioned herein is believed to be suitable to their personal goals. Investors should ensure that they obtain all available relevant information before making any investment. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, or investment techniques and strategies set out are for information purposes only based on certain assumptions and current market conditions and are subject to change without prior notice. All information presented herein is considered to be accurate at the time of production, but no warranty of accuracy is given and no liability in respect of any error or omission is accepted. It should be noted that investment involves risks. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate in accordance with market conditions and taxation agreements, and investors may not get back the full amount invested. Both past performance and yields are not reliable indicators of current and future results.